Welcome to the Watoto Church Podcast. Prepare your heart as we explore scripture and delve into the Word of God. Family, it's always a joy and a privilege to stand before you on Sunday and preach God's Word. My name is Eddie. I'm one of the pastors here at Watoto. And I'm so glad you are celebrating Jesus with us today. Now today we kick off a brand new series, Each One, Reach One. This statement is at the heart of our vision statement. Now just in case you've forgotten, this is our vision statement at Watoto. We are an English-speaking, self-based community church, celebrating Christ, growing and multiplying as each one reaches one, touching those around us with the love of Jesus, bringing healing to the cities and to the nation. You see, each one, reach one is about each one of us reaching out to a person we know or we do not know with the gospel, with the good news that Jesus loves sinners and wants them to have eternal life. Let me show you a beautiful story from the Bible that illustrates this amazing concept of each one, reach one from John chapter one, verse 35 to 46. The next day, John was there again with two of his disciples. When he saw Jesus passing by, he said, Look, the Lamb of God. When the two disciples heard him say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, What do you want? They said, Rabbi, which means teacher, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. So they went and saw where he was staying, and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon. Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, was one of the two who had what John had said and who followed Jesus. The first thing Andrew did was to find his brother and tell him, we have found the Messiah that is the Christ. And he brought him to Jesus. Jesus looked at him and said, you are Simon, son of John. You will be called Cephas, which when translated is Peter. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. Finding Philip, he said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from uh, the town of Beth- Bethsaida. All right, that word, it's a difficult one. <laughs> Philip found Nathaniel and told him, we have found one, the one that Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Nazareth, can anything good come from there? Nathaniel asked, come and see, said Philip. In this portion, we see Andrew reaching out to Simon, but also we see Philip reaching out to Nathaniel. Each one of them reached out to one of them to follow Jesus. And that is what each one reaching one is all about. It is finding somebody who does not know Jesus and inviting them to follow Jesus so they could become disciples. Did you know, by the way, when these men were called by Jesus to follow Jesus, they were not believers. But after three years of interacting with Jesus, they became followers of Jesus, they became disciples, and they gave their lives to Jesus who had given his life for them. And that is what this series is all about. We want to inspire you. We want to equip you so that each one of you can reach a person who is far from Jesus. You see, friends, that is why Jesus came to seek and save that which was lost. Now, to kick off this series, I want to talk about God's heart for the lost. 
Now, a story is told of two boys who decided to just take a walk in the woods. And so they were having a wonderful time while they were walking, but then they realized it was getting late. And so in their panic to return home, they lost their way. But as they were walking, looking for their directions to go back home, they saw a five-star general. And one of the little boys looked at this man and said, Sir, we are lost. Help us find our way home. Now this general looks at these boys and say, Do you know who I am? And then one of the boys turned to his friend and said, You know what? If this big band does not know who he is, we are actually lost. Now, as funny as this story might be, it really depicts who we are. We are lost without God. We have strayed from God's ways because of sin, and the Word of God reminds us that we are lost. The prophet Isaiah says this in Isaiah 53 verse 6, that we all like sheep have gone astray. Each of us has turned to our own way. You see, to be lost is to live a life disconnected from God because of sin in our hearts. Proverbs 14, 12 says this, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end, it leads to death. You see, sin promises us lots of things, but ultimately, it is going to destroy us in time and in eternity if we do not repent and turn to Jesus. But here is the good news, my friends. In 2 Peter 3, 9, the apostle Peter says this, but the Lord isn't being slow about his promise as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. He doesn't want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent. So friends, God's heart for the lost is this, to reconcile sinners, lost people back to himself because of his love. You see, in the Bible, we see God's heart reflected in many stories. In the Old Testament, God's relationship with Israel is a story of God pursuing the Israelites because of their rebellion. He loved them so much, but they were always running away from him. We see his heart is broken. We see the prophets in the Old Testament really talk about God's heart for Israel. One of the prophets is called Jeremiah. And Jeremiah is called the weeping prophet because through Jeremiah, the people of Israel are able to see God's heart. He loved them so much, even when they rebelled against him. In the New Testament, Jesus expressed God's heart for lost people in many ways. The first way is this. He preached the gospel to save the lost. And this is what um, Luke 4, 43 says. He, Jesus, said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. The purpose is to reconcile, to bring back sinners back to God, because it is only in God that we are fulfilled. It is only in God that we are fully alive. Jesus hung out with sinners to reach their hearts with the good news. He hung out with Zacchaeus, the tax collector, Matthew, the tax collector, and the woman at the well in John chapter 4. Jesus taught many lessons about reaching the lost in the parable of the lost coin, the lost sheep, and the lost son, the prodigal son. All this was about the value of a soul. You see, friends, you could be here, you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ, but you see, God loves you. He values you. You are made in His image, and He wants you to be reconciled back to Him. And then we see some heartbreaking stories in the New Testament. Jesus weeping of over a city of Jerusalem because the people had rejected him 
as the Messiah. And Jesus knew that by rejecting him as the Messiah, they were exposed to the destruction that was going to come through the Romans. So Jesus wept over his people. But ultimately, Jesus laid down his life for the lost. God loves sinners. And his heart is to reconcile sinners back to himself. In the next couple of minutes, I want to spend some time in Matthew chapter 9 as we look at God's heart for the lost, but also what he wants us to do in order to reach the lost. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 35 to 38, here, Matthew, one of the followers of Jesus, remember, he was a sinner and a tax collector. He became a disciple of Jesus. He records this story, I believe, when he was following Jesus, he saw this, and then later on, inspired by the Holy Spirit, he penned it down for all of us to be able to see God's heart for the lost and also how we must reach the lost. Verse 35, Jesus went through all towns and villages, teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into the harvest field. Let us take a moment and chew upon this portion of Scripture. What do we see? Here we see Jesus looking at people. And he said they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. What Jesus saw was a spiritual need. He saw that these people were exposed to spiritual attacks because of sin and the devil, just like sheep are exposed when they don't have a shepherd who is there to protect them. Jesus was moved with compassion for these people because he loved them and he wanted to protect them from the effects of sin. Friends, sin destroys us. Paul in Romans says, the wages of sin is death. You see, friends, sin destroys us each and every day of our lives when we make sinful decisions, our relationships, our finances, our physical bodies are destroyed. But also, if we don't repent in eternity, we end up in hell. So Jesus looks at these people and he was moved with the compassion because he loved them. As a good shepherd, he wanted to bring them into the fold and protect them against sin. You see, God's heart is to reconcile sinners back to himself because God made us for himself. And it's only in God that we are fully alive. It is only God that we are fulfilled to become the people that he created us to be. In Ezekiel 18, 23, we see his heart as well here. He says, do you think that I, I like to see the wicked people die? Says the sovereign Lord. Of course not. I want people to turn from their wicked ways and leave. So here in Matthew chapter 9, Jesus is moved with compassion for these sinners because they were harassed and helpless. They were exposed to sin and the devil was destroying them. And so he said to the disciples to do two things. And I believe these two things are applicable for us today. Number one, he said, pray. Pray for the lost. In verse 38, Jesus said, Therefore pray for the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into the harvest. If we are going to reach people with the gospel, number one, friends, we must pray to God because he's the Lord of the harvest. He's in charge of every person here on earth. He loves them more than we love them. So we must be praying for them so that his will becomes our will. You see, through prayer, our hearts 
are moved with compassion as well. Our hearts are broken by the sin of the people. I'm reminded in Isaiah chapter 6, the Bible says when Isaiah saw the Lord, he was able to see the sinfulness of his heart and the sin of his people and he wept before the Lord. He was forgiven and then he was sent out to reach out the people of Israel. When we pray, our hearts are moved with compassion for sinners. A couple of days ago, must be a week or two ago, I, was, I took out my family for lunch after the Sunday service to a cafe. And as we approached this place, I realized there was commotion in the parking lot and there was loud music in the next block. And then, oh, I realized there was this popular, popular function called blankets and wines. And as we're having um, lunch, there were these people, young people, all dressed in weird ways. When I looked at them, my first instinct was, what is wrong with these people? I was looking at my little kids and I didn't want them to look at these uh, bigger um, adults, young adults and teenagers, how they looked. It was, I had a judgmental spirit. But in that very moment, the Holy Spirit reminded me of this scripture. What would Jesus feel if he saw those crowds, the way they were dressed? I don't think Jesus would judge them from their looks. His heart would be moved with compassion for them. And then I realized that instead of judging these people, God has called me to pray for the city of Kampala. God has called us to pray for the city of Kampala. God has called us, all of us, to pray for the people who are in sin so that our hearts are moved. And when our hearts are moved with compassion for them, then we can reach them with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. So if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, don't be moved with judgment as your first instinct when you see sin around you. Be moved with compassion. But this begins when we pray. But also must pray because it is God who convicts people of their sin. We don't do that. Our goal, our actually, our role is to preach. It is to pray. But it's the Holy Spirit who draws sinners to the heart of God. In John 16, 8, the Bible says, when he has come, the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. It is the Holy Spirit who convicts people. Our goal or our role is to pray for sinners that their hearts will be moved towards the heart of God their Father. And so friends, what should we do? If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, what's your family? Pray for the sinners. Pray for the lost. Pray that your heart is broken by the sin in your community. Pray that God uses you in this season to be a vehicle through which God is going to use to reach lost people. Here at Watodo, we have what we call the Focus 10 card. A card that we give to everyone, every member of Watodo to write 10 names of people they know that are far from Jesus that they're going to pray for, but also seek an opportunity to meet with them and share the good news. I dare you this week. Would you pray for some? or pray for some people and go ahead, reach out and share the good news. Now, the first thing Jesus said is, pray. Secondly, he said this, reach the lost. In other words, go. Don't just pray, move your feet. You see, friends, I know many of us, we are good at praying, but not very good at moving our feet. They go hand in hand. When you pray and your heart has been moved with compassion for sinners around you, you move your feet toward the sinner. Now, in chapter 10 of Matthew, it's a continuation of Matthew chapter 9. Jesus said this to the disciples, outside in verse 6, from verse 6. But go, rather, to the lordship of the house of Israel. And as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Heal the sick, 
cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, cast out demons, freely you have received, freely give. In this portion, after he had told them pray, later he said, now go and preach the good news. I'm going to empower you to perform miracles and those miracles are not the end in themselves. Those miracles are signs that God loves people, he wants to heal them, not just of their physical stuff, he wants to heal them spiritually and reconcile them back to God the Father. You see, Jesus is a great example for us um, in this process of reaching the lost as each one reaches one. I'll give you three examples of Jesus that we can learn from as each one of us reaches out to one who is from Jesus. Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. Now Zacchaeus was a sinner, was a short man, a sinner, a tax collector, and a traitor of the Jewish nation because, hey, tax collectors were hated then, and I know they're hated today. But if you're a tax collector here and you're Christian, good on you. But Jesus goes to Zacchaeus. He goes into the house of the sinner. And when the Pharisees, religious leaders, see him, they hated that. They say, how can you, a holy person, go and sit with sinners? But Jesus is showing us that we need to move out of our way and move towards sinners, not away from sinners. And the goal is this, to reach them with the most amazing news that God loves them. And Jesus died for their sin. They can have everlasting life with God the Father. Jesus also went to Matthew, another tax collector, and he had dinner with him. And the result, Matthew became a follower of Jesus, one of the disciples. Zacchaeus gave away so much of his wealth that day because when Jesus went into their houses, they were able to receive the good news and it changed their lives. But also in John chapter 4, there's another story that I love so much. In this story, Jesus intentionally made a detour into Samaria and met this woman at the well and then reached her at the core of her need. This woman went back to his, her city and the whole city came to Jesus. Why? Jesus moved towards the sinners. He reached their hearts. It changed their lives and they transformed the people around them. Jesus' compassion moved him towards sinners, not away. The same is true for all of us. If we have the compassion of Jesus in our lives, we are broken by the sin in the sinners' lives, but also we are moved to go out and reach them and share the good news, changes their lives, and they become amazing disciples of Jesus Christ. Let me ask you a question. Are you a person who's known for moving towards sinners to reach them, or you are a person who just wants to be separated because you don't want to mix with unholy people. Jesus teaches us that we must go out and hang out with sinners with the purpose of reaching their hearts with this amazing news that God loves them so much and Jesus died for their sins. They can be forgiven and be reconciled back to God who truly created them and loves them. Someone who challenge you this week. Would you pray for some friends in your life that you know do not know Jesus Christ? But also secondly, would you make an appointment and reach out to them, have a conversation and share the good news. Let them know that it is Jesus who loves them so much. Hey, don't worry about if they're going to receive the gospel, the message or not. Pray that the Holy Spirit does his work. Remember, 
It is Holy Spirit that draws sinners' hearts to God. Our role in this process is to be faithful to the message of praying and also going to them, to the sinners, and, and share the good news. So what have I said today, my friends? Each one of us must be engaged in reaching another person with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. It is what the Great Commission is all about. Jesus said, go and make disciples of all the nations. He said, go and preach the good news. And the good news is what saves people from their sins. So each one of you this week, reach out to one person, but begin by praying for them. Remember, prayer is important because prayer prepares your heart to connect with God's heart and then you'll be able to share that amazing news that Jesus loves sinners. Friends, if we are faithful to each one of us, reaching one person, I believe we are going to see healing come into our cities and our nations. Just imagine with me for a moment. If we all just reach out to one person this week, just one person. You see what other church? In-person gatherings at this moment, we are about 25,000 people. If the 25,000 people reach out to one person this week, that means 25,000 people have gotten an opportunity to hear that God loves them. Now, let's say that 10% of the 25,000 people acknowledge Jesus as their Lord and Savior. That is a whopping 2,500 people making decisions of Jesus Christ. Wow. Do you see what I see? Healing will truly come to our cities and to our nations one person at a time as each one of us reaches one person with the amazing news that God loves sinners. Now, Jesus didn't end at just reaching and, in, and going and hanging out with sinners. Jesus, the good shepherd, laid down his life for sinners. He died as our substitute. He died a death that we should have died so that our sins could be forgiven and then be reconciled and become friends of God and children of God. You could be in this place and you are part of this service and you have not made a decision for Jesus Christ. And I know as I've been preaching, you sense in your heart that it's time to surrender your heart to Jesus. I want to pray for you because it is God who is at work in your heart right now. The prayer won't save you, but I know God has been doing a work in your heart. Surrender your heart to Jesus. He will forgive your sin, give you new life, and you'll become a child of God, and you will live forever with Jesus. Now, if you're listening to me today, and you'd love to surrender your heart to Jesus, just repeat this prayer after me. Say this, Lord Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for dying for me. Today, I acknowledge that I'm a sinner. I choose to follow you as my Savior and my Lord. Amen. If you confess that prayer from your heart to Jesus, you are born again. You are not a sinner. You are a child of God. And God's Word tells us you are a new creation. 
Congratulations and welcome to God's family. I'm so glad that you came to Jesus today. Now, do let us know who you are. Write to us. Connect at whatchorochurch.com because we'd love to get in touch with you and really help you to grow to become a disciple of Jesus Christ. But also, if you're watching online, I believe there's a link that has shown up. Click it. Come on. Fill up those details. We'd love to get in touch with you. Once again, congratulations and God bless you. Thank you for listening. We hope this encourages you to step into the new. Tune in next time as we delve into the Word of God. For comments and feedback or counseling, write to connect at watertochurch.com. Hey, hey.